Good evening, meat suits. Welcome to Read It and Weep, a podcast about movies and friendship. This is season five, Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse, the penultimate, penultimate episode, the dual, whatever that is, the triple ultimate episode of season five. We're just four abandoned penguins who just made a fucked up friend, and we are playing a very long movie watching game this year. Lasting all of 2022, I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording as I, I often do from North Koreatown in Los Angeles, and I'm joined by a very special panel of misfits. First up, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. He's in Southeast Portland, and as you know, a penguin is a bird that cannot fly, but he is a man, a man with a name, and that name is Anthony Lopez. <laughs> Alex, it's great to be here. Um, I was just looking up. Christopher Walken has been in 93 movies. Wow. movies over his long career very impressive but only Best one movie only one movie of those 93s can you easily say christopher walken has like the fourth weirdest most out there performance <laughs> in it he really doesn't there's only one movie play. that he is willing to be the most normal person in the film for and that is this great movie we're talking about today. So I'm excited. It's true. To hear. His hair is by far the weirdest portion of his performance here. Everything else yeah. is pretty much on. Well, that and he has the ultimate cinematic, my big dumb boy. Uh, he has the best my big dumb son <laughs> that's ever been in a movie. He does we're have a talk big about dumb his boy, that relationship. They? One of my favorite things in this movie. I, oh, um, so I want the list of least weird Christopher Walken movies, though. Right, like mm, where is he? Yeah. Where is he the most most so normal walk? You can't rank well, by the weirdness well, he, of like, performance on many websites. Well, no, it's easy. It's Joe Dirt, his most normal, down the middle, <laughs> average movie he ever made. Right? I don't remember I him like, being. Was in he that. in the Hairspray? Also, I feel like he had a pretty like he was like he was yeah, not he was, the weirdest part of Hairspray. He was in the Hairspray remake. He uh, with John Travolta playing the um, the mother's role, the mm -hmm. divine poet. Can you oh, imagine yeah, okay. having to direct oh. Christopher Walken to be a normal person? That Can you would imagine have, how yeah. annoying that yeah. must be. Do you so well, you you think he's a you think he's default weird? You don't think these are all like it's not like a consistent acting choice think, that he makes every time to be wild? It's almost well, like a sketch. Like I feel like it. You, it's like you have him say something normal, and then he says it in his Christopher Walken voice, and you're like, no, 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 no. It's, <laughs> I don't think you understand. Oh, Take it down, Christopher. How about that? You guys have heard that, like when Christopher Walken get when you send him scripts, what he asks for is you take out all the punctuation from his dialogue. What? He will decide yeah. where the stops are. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. want you telling him. Like <laughs> he doesn't want to see those exclamation points those or those commas. commas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he. So like, imagine writing for him. Like you have to. Yeah. Like, he's going to take it, and like I don't care how you wrote it. Wow. When you put those pauses, I decide. Well, I if, so just to, to the ranking by popularity of Christopher Walken films, according to Letterboxd, it has Pulp Fiction, Catch Me If You Can, and Batman Returns mm -hmm. in the top three. And the bottom three are something called A Late Quartet, um, which it looks like he's a cellist along with Philip Seymour Hoffman Ooh. in 2013. That sounds great. Let's check this and out. Just all I can see is this poster, but uh, and Catherine Keener. Uh, but they're playing themselves. I I don't what? know. It, it looks amazing. That looks pretty solid. And then something called Night of a Hundred Stars Three and Tienes Ferme to Coron. It's uh, pretty amazing that like Pulp Fiction is a movie with an incredibly stacked cast. Yeah, uh, and he's only in one scene of it, and he's like. To have a movie that you pop from so far when you only have one scene yeah. in a movie where you should yeah, just yeah. be like, 
I mean, that's ass. the power of Christopher I hear Walken. it in my head all the time. Up his ass. Yeah. Hit it up his ass. That's all I, I think about. I love... So um, give me the watch. Yeah, I, that, that line might be one of the best line readings in so film history. Give me the watch. I'm not even a big. I'm not a big Pulp Fiction fan, but so we give me the watch. It's just that is the part of that movie okay. that is so seared on the walk and readings. Um, one of my favorite things that that Caleb did when he was maybe like two or three years old is he had some intonation that was very walking esque. Um, <laughs> I don't know how it happened, um, but like yeah. so he, he he was obsessed with this um, Sesame Street thing uh, where it talked about um, Humpty Dumpty, and so he'd say at some points like. So what happened to Mr. Dumpty? <laughs> <laughs> and we explained to him, and like he was like, "Oh well, it was, he was on the wall, right?" You know, like, uh, what is it? He in this one, Great he like, played football. He got hurt. Mm-hmm. They put him back together. They gave him like an egg carton, like helmet, and he was happy. He was like, "But what happened to Mr. Dumpty?" <laughs> and like, he was obsessed about this over and over again. And it, I loved it so much. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. good. Uh, um, also joining us, uh, let's continue on this panel. Um, he's the co-host of the Old Gamers Almanac from the woods of Brooklyn. It's Hunter Donaldson, and that's his name. Don't wear it out, or you'll need to buy him a new one. Yo, what up? Um, I've changed nothing about my appearance for uh, mm-hmm. YouTube only. So don't worry about it. You just look like you might be the king of burgers. Is that what's happening? Yeah, I have a Burger King crown in here, and I'm wearing Sitting it now. Sitting on top of your headphones. That'd be my, uh, oh, I fell off now. That'd be If you I was a Batman villain, I would be the Burger King. That would <laughs> yeah. be a cool villain. Well, kind of product be placement. Like, oh, well, you know, he liked burgers, and then he got hit on the head, and now he's half man, half burger. Oh, I know. I love, that's a good origin story, though. What if it's that he thinks he is the Burger King? Oh. And that's mm. what his, he's a normal guy, but he thinks he's the Burger King. And he's That's like good. got some sort of king power. Like he's got a staff and, and a crown, and he goes around like killing people and eating burgers. Yeah, I mean, he's a the scientist best. does an experiment on a burger, and then he injects himself with burger DNA, and he becomes half man, half burger. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, like, so he's working for like Beyond hunters. Burger or something, yeah. trying to create a fake burger because he loves burgers so much. But he's trying to like cut back on saturated fats or something, and he actually right, steps yeah. in the way of the laser that injects burger DNA into soybeans. And then he becomes. Yeah. This is a very good comic book. It's a really good comic. This. Yeah. Um, I hope somebody out there is writing this down and is going <laughs> to give us pencils moving money honestly, for it. Not one of the worst Batman villains. Like, yeah, Batman, there's not. Not. Look, there's yeah, Condiment I mean, Man, with, right? With Calendar what? Man, Condiment Man. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, weird. No, come villains. on. Calendar, they found a way to make Calendar Man cool. Yeah, Calendar okay. Man's kind of cool. Yeah, I'll get yeah, it. Calendar Calendar okay, Man but Condiment King? Nah. What, um, what, I mean, the Joker is the worst, but what, who are these people you're talking about? Calendar Man. Um, uh, the he's, Batman he's villains? Calendar. Yeah, tell me, tell me about Calendar Man. I have no idea he what does, this is. He does things on important calendar days. He, that's his thing. It was like, huh. if it's St. Patrick's Day, look out. Calendar Man's in town. Um, he's obsessed Man, with I, this things. is one of the things about comic books that's, that's like so fascinating, is that they they just made so many of them over the last 50 years, yeah. that there probably is a guy who's half-burger well, and yeah, I oh, haven't yeah. read it yet, but for sure there's a Burger King. Oh, yeah. Well, so, okay, so, yeah, so, in the 60s, they tried that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah um, they would do everything. So, okay, so, so Kahneman King in 1966, um, basically, <laughs> the origin story is that um, he was a stand up comedian. Uh, oh, God. Who, oh, sure, of course. Angered the Joker, Alex. <laughs> oh, of course. Just, yeah. just saying. Careful, uh, and Alex. who the Joker then kidnapped and brainwashed him into becoming a ridiculous supervillain as vengeance. And he has like wow. a like a condom. Oh, so the, it was the Joker's joke to make him a bad supervillain. Yeah, yeah, which is hilarious because the Joker is a bad supervillain. Yeah, that's actually kind of fun. Guys, yeah. you guys are really just tempting it. me off about like 
the right like the failed comic to right wing grifter pipeline. It's like yeah. if you're gonna go halfway, you might as well put on a condiment costume and go all the way, <laughs> yeah. Stephen Crowder. You, you know, really like, understood the the source material. Yeah, like so many of you know Stephen Crowders, the like Gavin McGinnis, all these people have failed comics who failed yep. into being you know right wing grifters, and it's just like go all yeah. the way, like get a get a full you know costume get you already have a bunch of henchmen you might as well just be a full-on yeah Batman i mean villain. there's so many tw- like there's not as many real life henchmen but boy twitter henchmen yeah. dime a dozen these days you, uh yeah. they don't get out much though uh here's the other thing though for does it ever happen the other way where it's like you are a failed right-wing grifter and you somehow like you know what i got successful enough to mm. become a legitimate comic it was That's like, no, I, I, I don't think it yeah. does. For some reason, right wing g- grifters have been very unsuccessful at comedy. This is actually like, this I would never actually do this, but there is a world where you review a bunch of like failed right wing comedy projects. There was like a Fox News version of Saturday Night Live that was called like, or of a, uh, um, of the daily show daily that was show, called yeah. the half hour mm. news hour. Yeah. Yeah. Which you can tell from the title. It's not going to be a funny show. Like no. I, I've I've never heard a title of a comedy miss so hard <laughs> to be like, oh, I think you kind of get what jokes are, but not entirely. Mm. But yeah, I don't. I, I would. I mean, th- there is a project about that that I am not willing to do. But I ruin coach. my algorithm with stuff like that. I don't know why I like <laughs> I end up watching like what these bozos say. Like yeah, the other I mean, day, I heard Stephen Crowder say something that I'll never forget, where he was talking about his politics, and he was like. I'm to the right of Genghis Khan is something he said. <laughs> it was like, Steven, Steven. <laughs> Those are politics that if you lived them, you would go straight to jail. Like, I do cool it just a I, little bit. We believe you, buddy. Like, look, we're a, we, we all know we're a center con country. We know that. Mm-hmm. A yeah, center really Genghis country. That is an incredible quote. Right of <laughs> like what do you mean? Look, my main like, problem whoa, whoa, was wait. that the way he killed two thirds of the Earth's population <laughs> felt like it was too re- redistributive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, wh- how conservative are you, Stephen? Well, I'm a mass murderer. Yeah, like, right. that's what? <laughs> what? <laughs> that's so funny. What a wild quote. Ezra, you are making me imagine a world in which Jordan Peterson is like, I, I got into stand-up comedy. And like, <laughs> like, but he does it kind of like the way Henry Rollins does stand-up comedy. Yeah, you know, right, it's right. like storytelling and kind it's of loose. Stories, yeah. But he is very much like, I have my politics, but I also have my, my stand-up. But on the other hand, what is the deal with cabs? Yeah, you know, just general observations. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know yeah. when you wake up from a medical-induced coma in Russia, and you're not <laughs> quite sure how you got there. We've all right. been there. Let's finish up this introduction. Um, in Northern California, he's a stupid corn dog. It's Ezra Fox. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't catch on more. No, like, that was a great. This is the one. Was a thing, great like, moment. Look, there's a lot of iconic things in this movie that that get mm-hmm. a lot of play. But this was definitely overlooked, where you should absolutely, next time you insult anyone, especially yourself, you look in the mirror and you say, you stupid corn dog. You stupid corn yeah. dog. What are you doing? What a great little moment in this like little throwaway moment. All right. So we're going to talk about Batman Returns here in a second, including when it's okay to toss your baby into the river, the hiring process for circus terrorists, whether you can return Batman if you've already cut off the tags, and if there's a better way to clean pleather than licking it. But first... I'd like to start by thanking all of our generous meat buddies. If you want to join them and keep the show limping down the tracks, go to metreon.com. We really appreciate everybody who donates to the show. Also, I just want to let you know, if you're in the Austin, Texas area, I'm going to be at Cap City Comedy Club in Austin, Texas next week, December 14th at 
8.15 p.m. You know, that's standard start time that a lot of events start. 8.15, August 14th. It's a Wednesday. I would love to see you there. If you're nearby, uh, come out and say hi. And now it's time for segment one, the news. We've burned most of our news time introducing our names. Ezra, I'm going to need a lightning round from Donut News. What is going on in the donut averse? Oh, I think it's just you can You're... still eat Santa's belly. That's it. Like, let's keep it moving. That's it. <laughs> Santa. Well, actually, my, I was going to ask a Santa-related question for you guys up top, um, which was a thing I've been thinking about this morning, which is about, um, about Santa and how Santa is like an actual conspiracy. Like, like people are like out there searching for like the real conspiracy theory where it's like the government is involved, just a massive number of adults. There are body doubles everywhere. And that is Santa. Like it is the yeah. one time where like a third of adults have agreed to work together to lie to you about something. Yeah. No, actually, Alex, it's really, really interesting you said that because I've been I also was thinking about this week and I've kind of like Wait, I really? almost got to the point that like. The conspiracy is so big that there's so many people involved in like the Santa conspiracy that it's almost just easier to believe that like maybe Santa's real. You know what I mean? Like I've almost gone full circle on the Santa thing. Like I, that's there my has new to be approach. To it is that like you're right? There are so many people involved that it's like okay, Anthony. It's it's like other conspiracies. It's like yeah, like okay, yeah, a thousand. 100,000 people couldn't have been involved in planning this terrorist thing, and it could be really complicated. Right. Or it could just be exactly what they said. And that's like, I'm kind of like that with Santa. Like, maybe, yeah. like, maybe Santa's just real. Like, this there's is. This, there's this thing that happens every year where NORAD does a Santa tracker on their website, which is mm. a group of government scientists creates a fake radar readout for 24 hours to perpetuate this lie. And it's hard not to, like, hear that and be like, I don't know. Maybe the moon's not real, or whatever I mean, other right. conspiracy theory you want. Also, it, it makes you upset, you know, because that's our tax dollars right there going to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. And how come I'm, Republicans are never trying no. to cut that one? Well, you I mean, know? you never wait, hear about it. Wait a minute, can it's we say what if it's not fake though? But because it's tax dollars, they have to release it. So they just <laughs> say that it's a lie. That it's like, oh no, we made this one. Three hundred sixty-four days of the year, we're completely honest. But this one, we made up. This one, we lied about. That's yeah. what they want you to think. Because it's actually. Is, I, mean, I love thinking about like like a seven year old who's like starting to be onto this, and he's got his little tinfoil hat, so Santa can't read if he's been naughty or nice, yeah. and he's like got his little podcast that's like uh, the truth about the red elf or something like that. That's just like yeah. a very passionate. This we're gonna get to the bottom of the Santa thing. I think everyone is lying to me. Oh my I think God, those man. Santas you see around are body doubles for the real Santa, like. It's a wild, like it's wild that we. It's the one time I believe that we actually have all worked together to come, like, to perpetuate a lie. I wish we could work together on better things than this. Like, this is not a bad thing, but like, I, like on something that's legitimately helpful. Like, like, yeah. like imagine we took, like, took this, put the same effort of like perpetuating Santa stuff into climate change. I feel like we'd be in really well, good shape. As we're no, we've thing. done no. that. We've put a lot of effort as a team into climate change. We're doing an awesome job. Yeah. 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 That climate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. you have to be clear you were against. I'm yeah. sorry. sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing is if you could figure out a way to like, you know, like make people be passionate about climate change, but also make like an absurd amount of money for the Coca-Cola Corporation. <laughs> 
then, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing. Oh, yeah. that's, I mean, that's sort look, of like the thing I mean, that Christmas really does. Is it this like. This is actually like. I mean, this is a solid idea, Anthony, because who cares more about climate change than CG polar bears? Like, yeah. they're losing oh. CG ice flows. Oh, yeah. so here's yeah. the thing. I think people realize we all understand this level. Like, hey, we don't like it when kids are sad. Let's make them be happy. This is the thing that makes them happy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Right. If. You know, the earth is like a, you know, apocalyptic, like, you know, hellscape. Kids are also going to be sad. Other stuff is going to go on. But like, if we right. just focus on like, the kids will be a little bummed. Like there will be yeah. no Santa, like when well, it's a hellscape. We, is that true? Just... Is that why? Wait, do we, do we make, did we make up Santa to be like, oh, the kids seem sad and this will make them happy? Are you sure no, it wasn't no, no, no. like. That's why we perpetuated. I don't know why we made it in the first time. No. That was probably See, I just, But the, I... the Santa is so tied in with this like surveillance state part. Like, Santa is not, like, you're getting the gifts either way. It doesn't have to be a magic guy. The reason it's a magic guy is because he sees you when your parents are off doing something else. They're looking at their phones, but Santa's still watching, so you have to be good. It's so tied into manipulating their behavior. I don't know if you could succeed without it. It feels like, well, climate change is also making my kids be nicer. One, it's also very good for passing the um, sort of the buck in terms of responsibility for getting stuff or not. It's very good with that. But that raises an interesting point where, like, I've never, like, Santa, and I think the, you know, huge part of why Santa as, like, a thing has sort of, like, taken over in a culture and so is there is because of, like, that, like, you know, even though there's always a lot of bad stuff in this country, there was, you know, like that Norman Rockwell Americana, very mm-hmm. like classic suburban family uh, in like, major cities, uh, even had this like a- aesthetic of like Santa made a lot of sense in the last hundred years of American culture. I do right. wonder going forward at, when the world is just a constant nightmare hellscape and filled with craziness, are kids going to believe? Because when it's like, when it's the 50s and like everything's pretty much great, yeah, there's some other fears and stuff, but like <laughs> the suburban nuclear family is fine. Right, right. Santa makes a lot of sense. But I mean, do are kids as excited and easy to believe in Santa going forward with like all the chaos and nonsense that's this happening? This is a great question. And so I want to do to wrap up the segment, I want to kind of put it back to the panel, which is so Ezra, you're the only one of us with kids currently, yeah. and I assume you're not. You never pretended Santa was real with them. No, it's for, one of the joys of being Jewish. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You, you were never confronted with this problem. Um, well, I, I, oh, not, it's not quite true because there's a little bit like of where it's like you don't want to blow it up for other people one way or the other. I feel like I'm most right. like agnostic. So it's like I don't want him to like at a point where the kids could not keep a secret. I don't want them to know that Santa is not real. Like if they figure it out on their own, like once they figure out it's not real and they don't want to believe that's cool. I just say like, Hey, other people might believe like, let, let, let that, let that you know, be. This is exactly my concern. So I was thinking about this the other day. If I had a kid right now, I would be like, I would not want to lie about the Santa thing. I think it makes no sense. I think it's got a creepy undercurrent. I think, I also think kids should appreciate where gifts actually come from. I think it's like if it's tied to magic, that's harder to appreciate the value of things like, oh, this your aunt and uncle bought you. This seems cooler than like, oh, this magic guy gives to everybody. Just gives um, it. Yeah. But I have. Yeah, you want your fear... kids to know I did a I did a corporate gig. To a bunch of unexcited, <laughs> exactly. fucking shitty have, staff members. I have been right. on Zoom every right, hour is, of a, yeah. the weekday for the yeah, last right. two weeks doing Christmas shows for companies got, that are still distributed. I want a kid to know that's what went into this gift. I got told that they enjoyed my funny little bits. <laughs> Fuck that lady. <laughs> and I got you this bit. money. <laughs> I. This is exactly right. I, I mean... But I, my biggest fear is because I feel like any kid that has got me around is already going to be such a p- 
poor weirdo, such an unfortunate yeah. weird kid. Yeah. That the idea Loser. that they're also the kid who's walking around first grade being like, not real. Dad says it's not real. Yeah, it's just so good. terrifying to me. You do not want that vibe. Yeah. But I feel like Santa doesn't really make sense anymore because yeah. we have so much access. Like, I feel like if you had a kid now, I mean, I'm just guessing. I just feel like eventually the kid's going to start like even if they believed in Santa, eventually they're gonna be like, "Why doesn't Santa have a TikTok? Like, why do I not? Why can I not <laughs> oh, interact yeah. with yeah, Santa's such content? A good why is he not you more know? accessible on social? Yeah, yeah. Like the idea of like some <laughs> sort of hidden wizard point. doesn't really make sense. We get access to famous people. That's, That's so true. Yeah. yeah. The See, idea I, it's like, oh yeah, Brad Pitt's tweeting, but Santa's too. He doesn't Santa, feel like it. No, Santa's secret. Like he doesn't what? even. Okay, well, they have his elves run his account. No one runs their own account. Yeah, they don't have Wi-Fi at the North Pole. Like it's I don't not understand. the real Windy doing the Windy's account. Like just have a yeah. Wait, it's not. I, I'm just gonna do when I plan to have kids. I I, I want to kind of go the opposite way, and I want to create like the Santa universe, right? Like oh, so, sure. any movie that involves Santa. That's canon. That actually mm -hmm. what happened. Santa died in 1994 when he fell off this kid's roof and got replaced right. by the second Santa. Uh, right. In 93, he was cool for a while and then became a, a weird anti-woke right-wing Santa yeah, in the new in, show. In 1993, Santa got kidnapped and replaced by Jack the Pumpkin King. Yes. And there was a really weird right, Christmas yeah. for everybody. Um, an elf of his came to New York in the early 2000s and changed okay. a bunch of people's minds. Okay, that's, so like, really that's like... That's the so, Santa I want, you know. So weird. Okay, so I perfect. This is perfect. I want to wrap on this. I'll tell you a quick story about that. So I, I have one of the an obsession that I have is with uh, Christmas demons. A lot of cultures have a Christmas demon. Yeah, uh, like really Krampus. fun. Yeah, Krampus or whatever. And I love the idea that you have the bad holiday lie for the good one. There's a lot of them that are like like the 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 Netherlands tradition that my mom grew up with is like, oh, Saint Nicholas, Sinterklaas will bring you presents. But if you're bad, this racist caricature will beat you up, put you in a bag and take you to Spain. Yeah. And that's problematic that he's in blackface. But I the part where there's just an evil guy who will beat you up and take you to Spain if you if you're bad, that's so much better than a lump of coal. Like what kid now is worried about getting coal? They just they don't even comprehend what coal is. Right. I love a Christmas demon. Right. So I'm, I'm yeah. I was working for this radio show and I was pitching sketches about how much I loved this Krampus character or I, or just some generic version like Killy the Christmas Demon or whatever. And there was a guy uh, working for the show at the time um, who was we've talked to on the show now who was a former Simpsons writer, Bill Oakley. And he wrote a movie about Krampus that he sold successfully that the net, that the, the company that bought it took it, took three scenes and two jokes and put them into the Santa Claus three and got oh, rid of the rest of the movie. Oh like my he had God. a movie about Krampus that was like, he thought was on the road to getting made, and they took it and destroyed it and put it into that film of all movies to have your content go that's into. Oh, so messed up. And that's, that's what so is the, that's, that's what Jack Frost killing, fighting Tim Allen or whatever. That's <laughs> partly Bill Oakley's influence. Mm. Friend of huh. the show, Bill Oakley. Anyway, um, that's, this is my Killy the Christmas Demon story. Anyway, isn't that wild? That's, that's wild. really wild. That's Hollywood. All right, that is Hollywood, baby. All right, let's get into uh, segment two, the game. Speaking of Hollywood. Yeah, it's a movie. It's time for segment two. This week, we're watching Batman Returns, the 1992 American superhero film directed by Tim Burton and written by Daniel Waters, who you guys may also know is one of the writers of The Heathers and Demolition Man. Um, he, 
This is in the Detective Comics Comics universe and is the sequel to Batman from 1989, which we also watched on the show, is the second installment of four in the 1989 to 1997 Batman series. Four, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, like, it's an interesting series because they all technically, like, oh, like, don't ever, like, retcon each other. But the four Batman movies, the two Tim Burton ones, are definitely, like, have a direct sequels. And then they kind of become, like, a quasi different series in the right. Schumacher ones. Everybody leaves for the next one when they got uh, Val Kilmore and, and Batman nipples. That was a whole separate thing. Um, but this is this is in that you guys may remember the '90s were this transition period between Batman being fun and silly, and then Batman being grumpy and insufferable. This is that I, middle period where he's a little of both. I mean, that's I, I mentioned this a lot in the Batman '89 movie, but like especially growing up, you know. I think a lot of people and I, you know, love these movies because they were gritty and dark. But watching these now, especially compared to like the modern Batman movie that came out this year, like this movie is basically the Adam West show in terms of campiness. It's a little different, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's still got a heavy influence of the one true Batman, the, Adam West. The first one is very campy, but this one is incredibly, I mean, the... The whole opening sequence with this box that's big, but it's not that big. But the montage of people on motorcycles coming out of it. Well, they're clowns, Anthony. That's, they, yeah. that's how they do it. Yeah, it's just so ridiculous and campy and over the top. The penguin funeral at the end. I mean, this... Oh. This so movie good. is so good. It's very ridiculous. So wild. The, the campy parts. Are, yeah, this is one of the most insane movies we watched for the show, and I am looking forward to talking about it. It's starring Danny DeVito, who was also in the Virgin Suicides last week, as you may recall. Mm -hmm. Also starring Michelle Pfeiffer, Christopher Walken as kind of a boring character, and a brief cameo from Michael Keaton as Batman. Yes, that's a, a good get for them. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. They were able to put him into that final scene so that he had some stage time. Um, like you mentioned with it, with the first one in this series, this is one of this movie's greatest strengths is that it's not that much Batman in it because it's yeah, just I mean, not the most interesting part of the series. I do love, I mean, I think I probably talked about this a lot. We have talked about this movie before, so I don't want to repeat myself too much, but like my... Just the choices they make in this movie, like when they introduce Michael Keaton, they introduce him in this incredibly iconic sequence of like the the bat signal goes off and this huge elaborate contraption of reflecting lights go mm -hmm. to shine through in his living room. And it's a great shot when it stands up. But if you think about like what that shot implies. It implies yeah. that's how he spends his evenings when he's, he's just not staring damaged. into the middle he's distance waiting for the bar signal. He's just, he can't read anything. No. He's, just, he's not watching television. He just sits in the dark like a statue I mean, and then a light hits him right in his eyes. Anybody who's worked, who's been on call, knows you can't really get into whatever you're supposed yeah. to be doing because the phone might ring at any moment. This he he's a he's a doctor in the on call it's, room where he's like trying to get a few minutes of sleep, but knows at any second they're going to be like, ah, oh, emergency on four. Right. He can't yeah. focus. He's a uh, more of a spree murderer who with weird sexual hangups in this one, which is a big part of why I like this one. Like the first <laughs> movie is much more conventional, and they obviously had a lot of control over Tim Burton. This was. They basically let him do this whatever Tim he wants. Yeah. And he made this very interesting movie about weird sex fetishes. And, and then the movie didn't do great. And yeah. they were like, oops. And then Tim didn't make any more Batman movies. Right. Yeah. 
They took it away. And I it's too bad because I do, I, you know, as you guys know, uh, uh, this is the worst genre of film, uh, superheroes. Is oh, the worst. Batman specifically. But I do well, and and Batman is like one of the least annoying of the Batman of the of the uh, superhero characters, and this is the version of superheroes I would watch if it was Tim Burton, some practical effects, real penguins next to animatronic penguins. Like this is a mo- this is a series I would still like comic book movies. This would like be a cool alternate um, universe where this is the thing that responded. Like this was the Iron Man, and like everyone just like was like, look, we're just gonna give an auteur a whole bunch of money and say right, hands well, off, and like it's all gonna be like just just wild them living out Tim whatever. Burton's wild Superman in the same Detective Comics comics it's universe. Crazy. Well, I want we a, a different about every this. person. Yeah, we talked oh, okay, about this yeah. on the Batman episode. I'm pretty sure, but the uh, the idea that like it's crazy that. Hollywood saw Batman's success and were like, oh, it's not comic book movies, people like. It's detective stories that with like a gothic <laughs> aesthetic. It's old yeah. comic serials. That's what they want. That in the wake of Batman, they didn't make a bunch of superhero movies. They made Dick Tracy, The yeah. Phantom, The Shadow. Yeah, the Shadow. Uh, yeah. they, the Do you like any of those? Man. Are any of those fun? No, those are all bad. Dick Tracy's uh, kind of cool. I, like, I, like Dick the I think they're all actually a little bit yeah. cool, but oh, you okay. have to be willing to sit with the stinkiness. I mean, of the them. Rocketeer is another one. That's probably yeah, the that best cool. of that batch. Mm. Uh, and Dick Tracy is just such a wild fever dream of a movie that it's. I mean, that's I, cool. this is the thing that I like. I, I I'm not going to tell anybody. I think this is a great movie, but it is the fever dream of this movie is very fun for me. Um, before I summarize, I just want to let you know. Also, you can stream this currently on HBO Max, and this was picked by Ezra. Ezra. Why did you pick Batman Returns? You know, uh, I think for chaos. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought chaos. this is the most interesting thing move-wise uh, uh, for the game. And also, uh, this I was something I never got to see. I wasn't old enough when it came out. Uh, mm. yeah. Never got to it. And uh, I liked the pitch. Uh, yeah. This is, this is a fun a, one. As a man who oozes black sludge <laughs> out of your mouth it's nice to finally see yourself represented on screen yeah, he talks, my name rips down his chin <laughs> i love that that just means the there's insanity. somebody with like a turkey baster yeah. full of non-toxic oh black my God. He's a he goes to Danny between shots and squirts some in his mouth I mean, so it would talk ooze about out. hey, uh, hey danny love hat. it love what you're doing danny yeah. but we need a little more goop in the mouth okay sorry yeah. we gotta do like, that one again ima- imagine getting to the penguin as he is in this movie. That's extreme look, especially when he's in the onesie with the flipper yeah. hands oh my yeah, God. and the makeup and just being like, it just and the, needs and the fat ass. ooze. It needs ooze. He needs yeah. Yeah. A little ooze. One of my big takeaways from this movie is just how sad I am about Tim Burton getting access to computers because I don't like mm. a lot of his new CG movies. I feel like they're kind of boring and just weird cartoons and this is when i enjoy tim burton's world where it's like like i would live in tim burton's sewer system it's like every like just the way he built that ride was like what a cool brick sewer system to live in like everything he does is so fun and weird that i uh, it's you know like alice in wonderland a, a story that is a fever dream literally he made it not in, as interesting as batman and that yeah, that's my- too bad my wife and I started watching uh, Wednesday on Netflix. The yeah. new Adam, the Wednesday Adams, um, Riverdale-esque team-directed show. And Tim Burton mm-hmm. did the first four episodes. Oh, and it's honestly my favorite thing Tim Burton has done in like 15 I've been watching years. it too. I really like um, it. Oh, yeah, I really I'm... enjoy it. And his directing style has a lot of flair. It's like the most... 
like awake and kind of alert. He's there. It's like an okay show, boy, buoyed by an incredible lead performance. Like the main, the girl playing Wednesday, Jenny Ortega, is incredible. It's one of my favorite performances of this year. Um, but yeah, the show's all right. But yeah, right. Tim Burton. Actually, if you want to see like Tim Burton feeling like awake and alert and like having fun <laughs> on a set, uh, Wednesday's pretty good. All right. Well, now now we're going to go from Wednesday back to Batman. We're going to return to Batman Returns for the micro summary, my patented five-point summary of exactly what happened in this movie. Everyone agrees there are, is no dispute. Okay. <laughs> Starting out, there's something happened to Oswald Cobblepot in utero, causing him to be born with fused digits on both hands into uh, penguin claws. And from the minute he was born, the ability and desire to eat cats whole. Something penguins are famous for. So, yeah, <laughs> classic penguin well, you behavior. You ever seen a cat in the baby cage and just inhaling a cat? You ever seen a, like a cat in Antarctica? Huh? <laughs> I no, don't, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it's a it's a fish. Yeah. Try those penguins. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Oswald's parents don't like this about him, so they do what any normal family would do. They toss him into the river in a black basket like a cursed Moses. Any and normal just, cigarette holder, uh, like, monocle family. The classic model parents. They, they, they evil Moses him into the river where he floats through the sewer systems of New York into an abandoned zoo with a somehow thriving mixed penguin population of both mm-hmm. African and emperor penguins. In a And then in a real nature versus nurture moment, Oswald grows up to be very penguin-like himself, taking after his parents, uh, his his adopted parents, um, in that he is motivated at any moment to go wherever you want him to by offering him a bucket of fish. <laughs> he's very fish motivated, <laughs> and then he, he he's unpenguin like in some other ways in that he doesn't seem that set on monogamy, and also he runs a gang of circus themed terrorists. That, yeah, that uh, one. Okay, if I'm going to gripe about anything, I did uh-huh. not like that we went back to back on basically clown goons. Uh, well, we did, but what I liked about this one, it, and it feels like almost maybe an apology for the first movie, is they were like, let's include a four-second scene of where the clown goons came from. Because yeah, if you okay. remember, one of the things I yeah. could not stop talking about last time was like, what was the recruiting system yeah, for where did getting these terrorist clowns? Yeah. And they were the mob. They, he, he took control of the mob and said, guys, there's a new dress code. Everyone yeah, exactly. has to wear right, the black yeah, jacks. Right. I guess it wasn't, the, it wasn't recruiting clowns. Yeah. It was convincing the mob to wear full grease paint on their yeah. faces when yeah, they do right. crimes. And now and, they just do that. Yeah. yeah so the because, penguins didn't make them were an evil like circus penguin. that kidnapped children, as mentioned in a brief news article on microfiche that Batman finds and is like, oh, that's why they're terrorists. And you look, I mean, look at just like, it's, you know, the cultural Overton window of like, once the Joker (laughs) broke through that glass ceiling, right? It's just very cool to do it at a certain point, you know? Well, and this is what I, this is the thing that I like about the silly version of Batman. And I like about Tim Burton's vision of it is everybody across the, the country is dedicated to theme and I just love that so much. Like, if you're going to be penguin-themed, you're going to do penguin shit. And if you're clown-themed, you're going to do clown shit. And if you're bat-themed, you're going to do... Because I mean, the idea that you are like, I am going to save people. I'm going to be this fascist anti-crime figure. I will never throw a ninja star without first painstakingly building small bat wings onto the ninja star. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna laser etch my bat logo on every piece of tech I ever create. Like that is the Batman universe is the dedication to theme above all else. 
Right. All you are yeah. is your animal symbol that you've chosen for yourself. It's your most important quality. It and makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. This... I feel like Tim Burton is almost taking it a little too far, though. Uh, not no, This is not a negative. I, actually, it's great that he's taking it too far. Yeah. But can you imagine if you were like a comic book writer and you'd worked on like a Penguin comic and then like this movie comes out and you're like, wait, this is not, this is co- incorrect. This is not. Is this not what happens? Yeah. He, the this is different is just from a the... guy that looks a little bit, he's yeah. kind of short. He's just yeah. a kind of short guy yeah, think who of... is a mob. No kidding. And Tim yeah, Burton was of... like, oh, he's all a penguin. Pe- right? Put it all like on he's penguin. penguin. He eats this <laughs> and he, he waddles around and it's like, I, no. This was a bad miss no. from the, the, the writers at Detective Comics comics. They could have made no. Penguin a penguin all along. I mean, the thing is, they've they've had you know different versions of the character, but yeah, but you think of like the '60s Batman, the Burgess Meredith Penguin, right? He's just a mobster. Like they make a reference to it when he is coming down to meet the um the people running the campaign, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, let's pay you back how you used to be," and they put the cigarette holder in his mouth. Right, right. Yeah. That is a reference to he, the '60s yeah. TV show, right? Yeah, he does the like, uh, eye eye thing and goes. Rrr, rrr, yeah. Rrr. Oh yeah, because yeah. he yeah he was like he had that, and then he was just wearing a purple top hat all the time. Was his right. theme? Right. Yeah, he's, he's mostly not, just like, Tim Burton is like no, he's like an actual penguin. No, like, he's he's raised by penguins. He was penguin so shaped funny, birth dude. defects. He <laughs> desperately wants to eat a fish at any moment. Uh, so so that's yeah, all have this is all set up. This is the first horny as hell. He's also extremely horny. Um, although penguins, that's not how emperor penguins are, right? They like made for life. But this one, um, although penguins are also one of the few species we've seen that practices prostitution in the wild. Fun fact. Um, did you know that? You know that? About I them? didn't know that. I didn't know so, that. So because penguins really like, uh, they make nests out of little rocks and there's like better and worse rocks and some rocks are further away to, to go. And a penguin who's building a nest and like rocks are too far away will go up to another penguin with rocks and have sex with that penguin and then take the rocks in exchange Whoa. and go build their nest with it. Um, anyway, so that's penguin fact. Anyway, Wait, how many rocks do you need for this? Sorry. <laughs> Are you trying to fuck with penguins? I just want to know if I no. I'm trying to What's sell the rocks rate to in rocks. I'm trying to sell rocks to penguins. That's uh, the, that's the smart move. Obviously, but they pay you in penguin sex. No, 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 no. I you bet try, they get you fish. Say sell the rocks to the Johns. Yes, right. And exactly. then they pay them for that. You know. Right. Oh, interesting. I don't. I feel like a penguin's gonna have sex with you. Anyway. Meanwhile, so this is all, all right, about to do it. Here's what's <laughs> happening. Meanwhile, is that a, there's a rich guy uh, played by Christopher Walken, normal guy, who's just trying to make an anti-power plant that takes power off the grid because, and I think this is the actual motivation, he genuinely loves his dumb son. Yeah. yeah. He just really wants to set up a legacy, even if it's evil, for his dumb son, who also well, loves him. And so he teams up. He's aware that he has like, a nuclear-powered failed son. And if he does not cushion him as yes. much as he can, everything, <laughs> he, the second he, his hand is off the wheel, his son's going to destroy everything. Just, so he I'll needs go, okay. to build as much <laughs> legacy as this. he can. But he he genuinely, like, he yeah. gives up his life in the end of the movie for his dumb son. Yeah, his and son. his dumb son early in the movie literally is willing to die to save his dad's life. And that yeah. never turns into a joke or anything. This is just, these two characters are both genuinely love each other and are willing to die for the other one yeah it's that it's one of those great things about like early tim burton movies is that like like tim burton's always been one of those people that you feel like he has like so many ideas but he doesn't really have like a a a way to tie them together but Mm -hmm. you can definitely see that he's just like firstborn sons 
That is yeah. a theme in this movie. <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, like, you know, Moses, Bruce yeah. Wayne is the first one's son. Moses, the this prodigal son who gets sent away. The Penguin's plot involves killing firstborn sons for some reason. Max, he's one of the bad guys, so he has to have a firstborn son, and he has to really love him. He's the opposite. Like, it doesn't yeah. really tie into anything, but, nope. like, but he that believes thing it. that Tim Burton would just, like, he would, like, want to, like, hit on these themes in his movies. And you can see, like, that's a big part of, like, how he builds a film, especially like this, that had, like, so many writers and was, like, you know, essentially being, like, built as the train was moving yeah. and like having to figure it out real fast. Well, so, so he, so what happens is the rich guy teams up with his dumb son or he, he wants to help his dumb son. So he teams up with the penguin and tries yeah. to install the penguin man as the new mayor, even though, and he's not deterred by this fact, there is no election. You're yeah, not I running for an office. I love nope. that. It's completely unnecessary for them to bring that up, by the way. Yeah, like, yeah right. I don't know. <laughs> Why would you specifically mention the election that just happened last month when you could just be running for for mayor? Well, um, that's such it's a not funny... like I'm going to be like, whoa, elections are in November in Gotham. Like, I don't have, <laughs> I don't know the rules. Because right. it's think? Christmas themed, so they couldn't Look, go like, oh, what, or like, what? it's next November. So it's a year out. We're running for mayor now. Oh, it's a long mayoral campaign, though. I mean, yeah, it is also, it's like, right, it's got, the show made up this is a magic world look, elections are in march how look, hard is this Reg, yeah whatever it's just leave don't don't break it alex all yeah. right like, <laughs> not one. well and i i like it to go it's a very like that's the power of max shrek right yeah. like that right. is the right. and like especially like i believe this is something we talked about last time we talked about it too but like the the thing with like Okay, so like this was originally supposed to be Billy D. Williams, right? Like this movie, mm. oh yeah, right. Two Face was supposed to be the Max Shrek character. Billy D. Williams was in the first one. How would that have even worked, though? I don't understand what his how his character would have been fulfilling he, that he role. Would have been well, just we, we just corrupt, didn't have enough villains. He would have they been are. a corrupt DA working for someone to probably build the power plant. So he wants okay. to get the Penguin made mayor, and then at the end he gets turned. And that's why Batman Forever opens with Two Face being a villain, right? Because like, right. this movie is supposed to set that up. But you know, Hollywood being racist, it's funny. Like, an executive was like, "Oh, great, we can get Billy D. Williams and Batman. That's awesome." And then it was like, "Wait, I'm supposed to make toys of him? Fuck you! Absolutely not. Give me Christopher Walken. Jeez. It's it's absurd that they didn't go with that. Um, that is crazy. Okay, so now this rich man." We're still a third of the way through the movie. Yeah, this rich true. man, he also has an assistant. And this exists, assistant is just an exhaustingly single cat lady who's bumbling through her life, bumbling through her job, bumbling into the secret power plant plans, and then telling her boss that she knows all of his dirty secrets. So he is forced yeah. uh, to push her out of a window where she hits her head in the very specific part. Some of you know about pressure points. There's a very specific part of your head that if you hit it, Instead of killing you, it gives you martial arts training and a dedication to making your own clothes. Yeah. And that's what happens to her. Also, a cat kisses you get licked by cats. Thing there. Mm. I think there was important cat licking and transference of cat souls. Yeah. There was a cat a cat kisses her on the mouth, transfers its soul so that, that she wakes cool. up from her concussion, and her first thought is to cut a pleather jacket into pieces, sew it together with wire to make a cat suit, um, and then go around doing both good things and bad. Her, um, her first instinct is to create uh, one of my favorite scenes in movie history. I think one of the most iconic sequences of the 90s is the Catwoman transformation sequence. Yep. When Absolutely. she, like, everything about it, the fact that they set it up 
perfectly earlier and then it's like a recreation but this twisted mirror the mm-hmm. hello there turning into hell here mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. about that sequence the danny elfman score firing on all cylinders right um michelle pfeiffer's incredible performance it's such a well, she, great it's, it's so sequence. good and and what i love about this is that catwoman is like this movie already has a villain already has two villains you're not yeah. really needing another villain at this point. You've already got one Batman. So you don't really need a hero at this point. And they're like, let's add another character that is just an agent of chaos, but also kind of Batman wants to fuck her. Like that's like Honestly, kind of- Catwoman though has more of an arc in this movie than Batman does. Oh, yeah. uh, if oh, anything, yeah. Catwoman is almost your stand-in protagonist because yeah. Batman isn't going to I don't know. Batman's just gonna do normal Batman stuff in this movie and just kind mm-hmm. of be batman the force of nature not batman the main character yeah yeah she i mean she's definitely the most interesting part of this movie um i i do like that when she fights batman they are a pretty even match and he trained as a martial artist since he was a child and she hit yeah. her head yesterday and that yeah, yeah, is yeah. what ties you mm-hmm. oh but it's- cats Cats gave her magic powers. I mean, yes. that's what they were suggesting. They did. It's sort of like that. What was that movie where the kid breaks his arm and becomes the best pitcher and makes rookie of the year? Of the year. Yeah. It's like rookie of the year martial artist is what happens to her, where she hits her head and becomes a judo master. You should well, have more I of this. Mean, you want look, more of this? this more is, kids falling and getting superpowers? This <laughs> is a character who 80% of the time she um cartwheels in and out of scenes right yeah. like yeah. there's like yeah. very a lot little... she doesn't cartwheel a little bit she yeah. cartwheels a lot in, in yeah. and out of like so many it's, her, it's a big part of her personality and and but i do like because like penguin we got his origin story and it was since he was a baby it was his whole life yeah, led whole him life. to be this penguin man and we didn't get it in these this these movies but batman's story starts when he is a kid and he has to go through all of this and her story started yesterday well and i mean she we don't became really, a woman yesterday we don't really one we don't really know what selena kyle was doing before she took this job she is kind that's, of a blank slate she could true. have taken that and you when you you're viewing this movie through like literal lenses which is you're supposed to kind of view this movie more through like Look, some perverts like Batman and Penguin take years to foster and grow. And some people are just normal people and they have something happen and it just triggers a sexual awakening in you and you become a different person, right? Pervert, basically, yeah, I mean, was there like, all along. And like, all, like, I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like, we're all perverts. This is a movie about like some of us are perverts who have been training since we were young to be this way. <laughs> and like I said, some of us just have shit happen to us. Some of us were, 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 were straight ahead until a cat kissed us on the mouth oh, and we were like, yeah. oh, oh no, I'm a cat yeah. daddy. Look, yeah, she it just like, is the rookie of the year, right? This is, yeah. She is rookie of the year too. This is like, yeah. like she isn't. To go on the scene so early is impressive. I think we should all yes. just applaud Selena Kyle and, and her I think so. I, I think yeah. it's an incredible job. So then um, now our characters in place, the rich guy, Penguin Man, and Cat Lady, variously work together and fight against each other. And then in just fulfilling his mission as fucked up Moses, Penguin Man decides to kill everybody's firstborn son. But then at the last minute, a new character, some sort of bat man, he shows up. <laughs> And stops them, and that's the movie. Yeah, and um, you know, a mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. 
But a kiss can be even deadlier if you mean it. I don't think Incredible. that part's true. What, I do what, feel happened? Like, what happened when she yeah. kissed the dude at the end with the with the, all the electricity? That was very deadly. That's yeah. true. That she did fulfill the and deadly kiss. I think that the less the kiss and more the electric generator she was holding was doing the heavy lifting in that. It's hard to know. No one can tell. I, if she had but, said, okay, so uh, if she said mis- if mistletoe is deadly if you eat it, and she said a kiss can be deadly if you're holding 50,000 gigawatts of power in your other hand <laughs> and you're wet, like that would have been a better completion of the rhyme. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. they should have. Again, literal. Think of it to perverts. <laughs> kissing can be much more deadly. That's true. That's um, true. I mean, literally, yeah, a cat this, kissed her and ruined her life or made it better. Is, this movie, I think, is like it's much more wobbly. It's a le- not as a well like uh, it's not as a overall watchable good movie as I even think the first Tim Burton's Batman movie is. But this one, there's just like even beyond like action scenes or funny moments, just like the like the creation of Catwoman, the dance masquerade scene at the end, like yep. the whole mistletoe confrontation is like a sequence that again. Just that that score and the music that's playing, Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keane's performance are both so good. One of my favorite moments is the car chase thing where the clown terrorists plant a control device in the Batmobile so that Penguin can drive it. But but he builds like one of those grocery store cars (laughs) you put a quarter and it shakes he builds one of those (laughs) that is bat themed including a bat steering wheel that he uses to drive like he could have just done that with a joystick or keyboard exists now it didn't then but there's like that batman like uh like driving machine thing that is a real good time Um, yeah yeah you he they made that and that for that purpose and that scene is just so like every scene of this movie is so bonkers I agree with you. Whatever everything you're saying, Anthony is obviously right. I, I think the bonkersness makes it better because if these when these movies take themselves seriously is when I cannot stomach them, and this, like the penguins, strapped to rockets that walk out of the world, yeah. and some of them real penguins. He hired a lot of real penguins for this movie, but then yeah, and he saw so many more on tape, and the penguins had like cast them. It was a real yes. <laughs> You spent a lot of time looking at penguin tapes. Yeah. Now it would just be all penguin self tapes, but back then you had to bring all the penguins in. Yeah, for yeah, the auditions. It's exhausting. This is, I mean, this is this is the sort of the joy of like a um an, of an everything bagel kind of movie is like you can't point to any element and say like this doesn't belong. I don't know what they're yeah. thinking. Like, like there's they, they give themselves such a, a wide charter with this. There's there's nothing well, that wouldn't fit. It this really movie, is an everything bagel movie. That's such a I good. Mean, that's such a great description. It's an everything bagel movie, and it's also a uh, well. You you fucking made Batman movie. Like there <laughs> is just no like the first one was such a hit. It was so successful, right? And so like really being like. Uh, that he wants to put rockets on penguins, dude. Do you know how much money Batman made? Just go with yeah. it. Just let <laughs> just do trust it. Him. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. Uh, do I didn't even I didn't even finish. So they're they're penguins wearing backpacks with rockets and little hats. And when you arm the missiles, a little sight thing yeah. clicks down over oh the penguin's God, eye yeah. before it's the rocket, really as if the good. penguin had some control over the rocket. <laughs> that was the there was a little me- somebody the prop department had a little mechanism where it goes. Yeah. Shink, over the yes. penguins and eye. Yes. I, I want to remind everyone name. at this point in no way are these penguin elements based off the character from DC Comics. That's, that's yeah. like, so wild. They're just they're just like penguins. Right. <laughs> just, you as had many penguin. penguin things 
as we can come up with. That's what the penguin is, right? Okay, also, also, somebody, t- okay, m- more seasoning on this everything bagel. So uh, he lives in this abandoned zoo where the penguins are still thriving and are somewhat human creatures. There is a gondola system in the zoo where you ride in a giant duck. And so when the penguin goes out, he has a duck boat that is a duck. So it can be in the water and it can also drive up on land with wheels, but he's just in a practical 10 foot duck car whenever he goes around. Like they have that duck car somewhere in a sound lot garage. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely incredible. That duck car. Love it. Love it. Every, yeah. Everything is so wild. Everything. It's just, it's just so bonkers. And um, I think, I think this movie is more important than the first one because like, there's, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speak for anybody else, but, you know, this is what sexuality is to me, is just Batman Returns. That's my yeah, entire that's, sexuality. That's, that's, is that's just that's Batman Returns. And I think it's for a lot of people, too. There's nothing in the original Batman as important as would Michelle Pfeiffer licks Michael Keaton's face in the bat. Mm. That's the most important thing that ever happened well, in cinema that, for a whole generation that, of people. The, so there um, you go. The entire sequence with her in the store one actually do you know that thing where she whips yeah. the heads off? Yeah, that's yeah. actually her doing that in one take. Yep. Uh, oh wow. The, yeah. Uh, Michelle cool. Pfeiffer learned how to do the whip trick yeah. and nailed it on the first take for that. But yeah, I to learned me, really it's... quick. I learned that because we did a pod crawl about the '90s Batman's um, like ten years ago, as five years, seven mm-hmm. years ago, whatever. Who can and say? You might not even been there. But anyway, the 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 show uh, that did this movie talked a lot about that. And so I learned it from that. Um, and I don't remember what that was. Yeah, when she is like in the store and she does that thing when she like, um, like holsters the whip essentially around herself in this one cool movement. Yeah, that is that like, tremendous. That she entire that. sequence is just filled with like such iconic um moments it's just yeah, great. Okay, so, but, uh, here's but. here's well wait i want to put a bow on this point i want to say in an alternate universe where batman returns does not exist the world is like a whole 10 percent less perverted that's what i mean <laughs> ultimately that's what batman returns legacy yeah. is is that it made the entire planet 10 percent more perverted than it was and that's um, remarkable that's way more impressive than anything the original batman did yeah. Uh, the other uh, podcast that, that, that talked about this was, was our friends Bonnie and Maud, which is a show that does not exist anymore. Um, but they were doing uh, it was a feminist movie podcast that talked a lot about Catwoman. This I will say, as far as your thing about perversion, I will just say when she looks Batman's face, I'm like, wow, this is this is gross. This is a real pervert movie. But when she licks clean her pleather, <laughs> that was a tricky one. To I was like, I might, ne- I might never be horny again. It might, <laughs> I might be done. I think what maybe I've completed a, my journey. What about when an entire bird flies out of her mouth? How did that feel? Make I mean, this, one, this was a sexual asleepening for me. I think I was, I've just completely well, finished. Again, you only say that through 2020 eyes, right? You have to go back <laughs> to what it was like in 92. Oh, I'm so glad like, I'm not 16 um, anymore. What would the internet be without Batman Returns? I don't even think it would be, well, I don't even think it would exist. I, I, I think the kind of compliment it? on that point, I mean, the fact that this is also not just a, a movie that is like very like sexy, it also like subtextual, it's it's so much about sexual hangups and people. Yeah. And for Absolutely. a genre, the superhero genre, which is something that is so sexless, like, and I'm not like Alex, I actually like a lot of superhero movies, but there was so little interest in like that part of the human condition 
or like that. Yeah, it's part it's of purely about militaries and bloodless war. It, yeah, there's very it, little yeah. time to have any love. No, absolutely. Yeah. And it, in the MCU, they like get rid of love interest characters. Yeah. Like yeah. they'll even they'll introduce one and they won't really even give them anything interesting to do. Yeah. And then it's like, anyways, they're gone now because that was just getting in the way, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's like people have kids off screen and it's like i mean i know they fucked to make that kid i think that's how it works in this universe but i don't know because you never talk about it or show any kind of intimacy it's it's, and like the way this movie deals with like i like just little things like them making out on the couch and having like these these scurs and it's like a very obvious metaphor but it's like Actually, when you're making out with someone new, you have those like danger spots that you're always scared you're gonna bump against about revealing too much of yourself or letting them know right. something or like and it's as, just like just like anytime you're making out with somebody new, those scars were caused by that person the <laughs> night before, and neither yeah. of you realize it because you okay, can't talk well, about. It. You know, I mean, I, I mean, think I literally have been in a situation kind of like that. Metaphorical, so they caused me last night. No, just like. This you said something really mean to me yesterday, mm. uh, and now we're making out, and I'm still oh, a little yeah. sore about that. You know, yeah. mm. I have been there. You know, yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, in that, like, again, that the way early Tim Burton stuff of like when he makes really personal movies, the way Edward uh, Edward Scissorhands is so obviously like what it was like <laughs> him being like I'm a weird little boy, everything I touch, I. I cut in Sandy right. in California. He really likes right? the pokey like, fingers, is what I've learned from from, yeah. from this. <laughs> yeah, he was just a young boy born with ex- extraordinarily sharp fingernails. But yeah, and his parents threw him in a river because of it. The that that stuff he captures is so so good, and I just I, there's a, okay really quick because uh, we've already talked for a while. A couple of quick things about this. One is we're talking about how expensive this movie is and how it just seems like cost is no object because he made Batman it was a huge success. Why is the tree lighting ceremony in central New York attended by 14 people? Okay, Alex. Why could they not afford extras when they could afford everything else? I'm gonna show you more penguins in this town than humans. Alex, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you the 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 line item, like you know, for hair and makeup, for wardrobe, for penguin extras. You tell me what you want to take away from those in order to get a couple more people. You (laughs) know what people want to do, right? Keep the penguins. We don't don't Uh, need those. the last time they tried to light the tree, a giant box filled with a bunch of evil also clowns. Good point. No, this is the first one. The first one was like dozens of people tops at that tree lighting. It was the smallest tree lighting ceremony uh, I've ever look, seen. I think if you're in Gotham and you know that if you are in a crowd, something bad is going to happen to you. You've lived in this I mean, town for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> they, I would definitely avoid a, a gathering over seven people in Gotham. Okay. <laughs> and then lastly, here's there's one thing I just find extremely implausible about this movie. And I know you don't want me to be too literal, Anthony. I buy most of it, but this is a Christmas movie. There's this Christmas trees Christmas almost really every scene. It's a Chris. How is it possible to have a Catwoman in a Christmas movie and she never once pulls down a Christmas tree? Huh. It doesn't make sense. You can't have a giant cat next to a giant Christmas tree. It's going to want to grab it. That's a real lost opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Point out. If she shared the devil's kiss with a cat, she would definitely, and got all of its powers, she would not be able to stop swiping at those baubles. Yeah, I mean, this is a Christmas movie. Most importantly, so that you know that it's not uh, election season. My (laughs) wife and I went and got a Christmas tree yesterday. We decorated (laughs) it and we Mm -hmm. watched this movie after we did it. It was very, very nice. It was a. Yeah, this is a great Christmas movie, I think, because it reminds you what Christmas is really about. Perverts. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> it is so, uh, okay. like... It's just wild to imagine, like, all the families yeah. that went to go see yeah. this movie together, you know, after that first one, such a crowd pleaser. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, how many people were, like, in the car on the way home from the theater being like, I think my kid's going to be pretty weird now. You know? <laughs> I feel like this kid's going to start stealing my dishwashing yeah. gloves. There's, something's happening. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. is true. He's just he just made a generation of perverts out of it. But on the other hand, Merry Christmas, Happy Batman. Um, where are we? Here's an interesting thing. Now we've reached the end of our Batman disc- returns discussion. It's time to rank this movie in the master quality list, the top forty greatest films of all time of season wow. five. It's a lot of movies. Um, actually, it's thirty nine. Um, I don't Can know how that worked. I might have left again? one off. What? Give me five to fifteen. Yeah, just one holy second. Um, so uh, I, before I do, well, I will. This will be evident, but I will also point out Batman from 1989, currently sitting at number 12 on our list of best films of all time. Uh, so where are we going to put the 1992 film Batman Returns? You wanted to hear five to 15. Yeah. Eternal Sunshine, Iron Giant, Cuckoo's Nest, Hero, Good, Bad, Ugly, Virgin Suicides, Happy Together, Batman, Cheerleader, Unforgiven, Greatest Movie of All Time, Apollo 13. Oh, right. Well, obviously, this is better than Apollo 13, but... Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going to say, I think that... I think everything from five to Batman is really, really good and like legitimately <laughs> great movies that I right. don't feel comfortable pitting Batman Returns ahead of. But it would be I also do... pretty wild for you to choose this ahead of Batman, I think. That was my thing. Said, I don't yeah. know if I would pit this ahead of Batman or one behind Batman. But I think um in you know, in the Christmas spirit, I think there's gonna be a Christmas miracle and I'm gonna pit Batman Returns one ahead of nineteen eighty nine. Batman. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You're both gonna give it an eleven. I, would, I think I think just put it right above that. I think it's my favorite Batman movie, to be honest. Because it's it's the only one that I feel like like just has a little more it just feels more exciting to watch Batman Returns than it does any other Batman movie. I think it's just the wildest the property ever got, and it will never be so again. So you may I as well celebrate. I, I definitely think this is the uh, Empire Strikes Back of Batman movies. Um, Ezra, where are you going to put Batman? Yeah, Returns? I mean, when I was watching this, I was thinking like, style never goes out of style, right? That mm-hmm. it looks really timeless in this way. Just it just it was so much itself, and I think that's really that what's that's what makes this not only a, a fun like watch because it's bonkers stuff happening, but just the frames are just really fun to look at. I think there's yeah. like it yeah, just, it just yeah, it feels good to look at as best way. I can every say. frame a disgusting painting. Every every frame, what what is going on? Um. I feel good about that uh, that placement as the the the, the notch above the Batman because I, I I think there's there's a lot of unstyled points I, I I don't know how I can knock it down for this it's just, okay. it just it's, it's 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 there's Wait, so, so many you people eleven as well yeah there's so many people having such a good Whoa. time in this I guess is what I'd say what what if we all agreed I'm gonna do oh, it I feel like you guys have talked me into this I think there's no I mean, I feel like there are. This is one of the problems. There's like also serious movies. Like it's harder to be like, oh, this is better than One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or something like that. Um, but also, it feels like its wackiness. I enjoyed more than um, you know, like Bowfinger or something else, which I also think is good. So I think we're still in a good category. I think it's probably not as good as Apollo 13, but I can't really be 
too much of a sticker about that since you guys put that movie in a weird place. Um, uh, so I'm just going to, for them both because I believe it and because it makes the math easier, I'm going to rank it 11 as well. Hey. Wait, 11.5 as well. So this all slides in as the new number 12. Uh, Batman Returns above Batman. Those are 12 and 13. A little Batman rock block. Um, all right, next order of business um hunter this was your target movie which you used a power card to change from the 1981 film blowout you changed to batman returns and so you have been awarded five big Ooh. wait first of all ezra before we do this yeah, what is the score. current scoreboard okay and actually uh hunter i i i have, I have a pitch for you i think um, okay but uh but yeah so so as it stands at the top alex 20 anthony 20 ezra 16 hunter 16 um we have two episodes left is that right we have two yeah. episodes left it okay. moves left Hunter, I think it's more interesting if you give yourself four points and give me one to have a three-way tie at 20. Because okay. uh, if I get a chance, if there's a way to make it happen where I can get points off the next one, awesome. But like, I think this is a more fun log jam up top than to have us be at the bottom at 19 and 18. Okay, so I give myself four, I give you one, yeah. and then we're all tied. Uh, well, you, you got know, three-way Ezra tie, be... and then I have sole possession of fourth place. That's true, but and also you would be at that would you're currently a sixteen that would give you seventeen points plus because this is a holiday movie you would get a one point bonus giving you eight. Oh yeah. Ah. No. Oh, all right. Great. Right. Isn't that sure. the rule we agreed on? Yeah, we did. I think we agreed on that. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Um. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. That sounds great. Just, all right. So whatever makes the game as interesting as possible. One point to Ezra. Four points to yourself. And uh, Ezra got a bonus point for the holidays. Ezra, what does that do to our score? Okay, we got a three-way tie up top of Alex 20, Anthony 20, Hunter 20, Ezra 18. All right, a um, couple of quick orders of business. Oh, first, I wanted to read this comment from YouTube, which you can always watch our show, usually watch our show, if you want to see our faces and Hunter's hats while we do this um, at youtube.com slash Alex Uh Robin, friend of the show, said uh, that Anthony's heel turn last week was one of the most predictable plot points of the season. <laughs> and these kind of twists don't work when they're so clearly telegraphed. So just want to, I, I agree. But just reminder that um, I should have sole possession of first place, but Anthony is a piece of shit. All right, next up, Hunter, yeah. having completed your third movie, it's time for you to choose a fourth and I'm assuming uh, final target movie. Okay. What are you going to pick? My final target movie is the prestige Ooh. <laughs> uh, my favorite movie probably Alex's favorite movie been a little while a little better than the illusionist this is the 2006 film the prestige all right well i hope we can get there okay next up um uh, the current turn order is oh this just in alex is playing a power card weird um, so I'm going to play a power card, which says that I can trade places with any person in the turn order. So I'm going to trade places with Anthony. Anthony's already gone now in round 10 and I get to pick again. next. Wait a minute. I'm going to play a power code. Immediately make it your turn. It's my turn again. I'm back in. Okay. I'm going to play uh, another power card. Suspend any rule. Okay. What's I'm the rule? Suspend one rule Anthony suspend. doesn't get to play a card. You're suspending the rule. Then what? Anthony gets to play a card. Okay. So wait, I guess you have to spend the rule that so Anthony can play no cards or Anthony can play or no one can play any cards after you. What, what's the. Sure. No one can play. I mean, however broad I'm allowed to make it. I don't imagine it's the word that many other cards. But the thing is, see, I would argue I've already played the code. 
So okay. Well, so you I can can't, word this you can... differently. Okay, so I wait. So you I have switched to places. Okay, so here's how I would read this. Since you did say Trinity it first, the rule is pretty is pretty wide. <laughs> so I switched places, which means uh, it would be me and then Hunter as the next two. You're saying immediately make it your turn. Now, your current place in the turn order would be one, and then Ezra again? Or would it go you, and then me, and then Hunter? Well, the two it would immediately make it my turn, and then but it would, would be Hunter, be and you would lose your turn. Okay, so answer. I'm going to suspend the rule that that is the turn order. Okay, and you just repick turn order? And repick the turn... Well, no, it goes back to the turn order it was before, which is that it's my turn, and then Hunter's turn. Okay, so here's the thing. I have another code that can undo <laughs> what you just did so we can do Jesus this Christ. or this we can just designed game we can just do my thing here's here's the compromise alex i feel bad i'm gonna give you all five of my points no for the next zone wow no. what? yes that's what i that's what anthony, i would do no yes anthony no why, wait, why yeah. wait, how does this work oh, so oh, wait, because, because he's gonna pick i'm gonna pick to my movie next and I'm going to give you all five points, but we have to end this year going back to Pandora, gentlemen. No, we we have wait, to oh. do it. So you're, wait, you're yes. saying we can move from this to Avatar? Yeah. Who's in this and in Avatar? Look, look, I, I just, bet he well, has a are way. Are we going to do this? Oh, you are have a power going? card to move. Okay, so you have a card to move to Avatar from here. And you're saying that instead of doing what I'm doing and what I want to do to end the season, I should let you end the season instead of... win. In, I give you the right, win. Right, right. So instead of instead of watching the movie that I like the most, you're saying I should like the movie I like I should watch the movie I like the least, but in exchange I also get five points. But you could change your mind next week and not give me any points. After no, you've I proven will, No, this is not under duress. This is in the spirit of the holidays. You were never under duress before. It's this topical. is you that you can't say anything right now. Your track right, we'll record is like hundred percent of the time you've ruined this for me. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I need to look at my card. I'm not doing it. I'm 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 suspending the rule of your card being effective. However, we want to figure out the wording to that. That it's still my turn and Hunter's next. That's the only thing. It's my turn no matter what. And my next code makes it so that I can undo. It's not your turn though, because I I wait. I'm I'm look. This is gun. It's my turn. So Why? You so you're, sure, you're, you're saying that like it's true. Here, wait, wait, because so I, we I, agreed I, that you did your code. I played mine, making it my turn. I, think, so and you I am suspending. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I could suspend any number of. However, we need to word root, word it. The card is uh, the card is op. So I don't think we can overcome this. Uh, well, I think so. Also, I think Hunter and uh, so let's say this doesn't even involve Hunter and me. So let's let how about we be? Uh, I guess uh, the what. A, jury on yeah, that arbiter, since it okay. does not involve hunter let hunter also vote i'm a little confused okay but, so, uh, so here's here's what i think happened uh if i'm gonna parse it out bit by bit uh alex you did it uh wait so anthony you which what was the order of events please bit by alex bit. played yeah. his code okay, just played switch nine. switch places in the lineup with any person and i switched with anthony meaning anthony goes back to i uh first and completed i guess why won't you switch with hunter hunter has the one who's picking next is he no i was no picking. anthony's picking next. no anthony was oh, next hunter has me. the final one yeah okay all right so okay so wait so that's happening and then anthony you said my turn next right with your yes, card immediately make it your turn 
Okay. Is what the code. Then and Alex, I am you had a card. The rule that the last card played is effective. Okay, great. And you, so you've done that. So you've done. And then Anthony, you played one more card, which was Wait. new choice. Whatever someone last did is void. No. Yeah, that's what my code says. This is how the situation is shaking out. So I can undo a choice. So that's what the code says. So you're says. undoing. Wait, so you have. Oh my God. There's n- this is there was n- your guys' the odds game. Of you having double yeah, cards no. that would I work. I take no responsibility for this game. Uh, but all right. It, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give you my honest opinion. Uh, I don't want to watch Avatar, so like I, this is the you know I actually like I me and me and Alex had an idea of two movies that we could end the the season on. I think they would be great, a great way to end the show. It would be really However, fun. Everybody would agree. Ga- the game designer moderator in me thinks that Alex, your play would have made sense had you played the suspend the rule thing first before anyone else had a chance to respond. You didn't do it that way. No, I feel like I got to rule. I, mean, I rule in Anthony's favor. I think Anthony's thing makes sense. So, but okay, so like, what, what interpretation me, of my card? No, here, look, look, look. Let's let's stop doing. Let's let me just hear what was your other plan. What am I ruining right now that this is getting so complex in your fighting? Explain to me. So my what choice the plan is next. Was. It's my turn next. We're gonna go travel through Michael Murphy to the film Magnolia. We're going to watch Magnolia. We're going to have a great time. We're going to talk about The Valley. We're going to talk about some excellent performances and a really interesting movie and a director we have not talked about on this show that has some problems with some really good shit. And then we're going to travel from there to Hunter's target movie, The Prestige, Prestige. from 2006, which would give him more than enough points to win. And in exchange for winning the game, I get to watch two movies that I that have meant a lot to me and end the season on a positive note and no one has to see Avatar. And and let me say this. The things the things I like about this plan are twofold. First of all, I'm uh, obviously I'm not going to just take the points. It's going to be way more complicated than that. Um, <laughs> the you, the deal you was I'm you would take gonna, all five of the points. Well, no, 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 no. But we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, it, it will be... Yeah, I will, it should be fine. I'm the only person who can be trusted when it comes to discussing how many points will come out. I'm just saying anyone could win this game, all right? Uh, and the second thing is I think it's fun if the symmetry of us, because we opened this whole season with Apollo 13, uh, an Alex movie, and if we end on an Alex movie, I think that's funny. Yeah, I mean, it feels destined that you and I would be at the end of the two spectrums here. At and the final a, a person who has been so faithful and helpful and a good teammate the entire season against that's, the that's biggest shit turn heel maneuver the season has no, ever seen. You, first off, you started this when you're the one who did the first heel turn to even did get not? us in that situation. Yes, I that's what not, happened. Never, I never double-crossed anybody. Yes. That's exactly what happened. You got all power. I never double cross anybody. And you specifically used this. You used this power to watch my least favorite movie on like as the week before Christmas. That's how you want me to end 2022 as a human being is watching my least favorite movie I've ever seen. It's not a good year either. (laughs) And one, you guys are missing missing the forest from the trees here. Here's the thing. I really don't care. We home tree. Spent way too much time on this. I thought it would be good content. I'm gonna rewatch it before I go see the sequel anyway. It would be topical. But here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'll I'll make you guys a deal. I don't care. We can do your little plan. I didn't know about it. No one explained anything to me. I honestly don't care. This has gotten way too complicated. Right. All right. But here's the one thing I would say. 
We can do that, but I want to make a backdoor deal. Ezra exclusively gets all the points for the rest of the season. <laughs> no, why would Ezra <laughs> get the points? Yeah, because the funniest outcome he's... to this season is Hunter oh, wait. winning. Wait, wait, he's... Hold on. Because hold on. Hunter has the most experience in tabletop games and <laughs> yet has played everything wrong the entire time, possibly on purpose. He's made intentionally bad choices. So no, him no, no, winning no. is the it, best outcome. That's just getting insulting now. Yeah, that's no, not I've made a lot, made a lot of bad decisions to too. To. Thank you very much. <laughs> but you've also made very clever decisions. You've made very strategic decisions. Hunter has been here for just wild, chaotic movies that aren't I, easy to reach. Anthony, if you let us do this, I will give the points to Ezra. <laughs> then Ezra wins. <laughs> I think... Also, if I had played a lot of these games, knowing how powerful the rule suspension card is, there's got to be a way to have phrased that to end Anthony's turn and all debate. If you if you had played your rule suspension card first, I sure. think it would have made more sense. If you I just know said, what, actually, no, how about this? How about this? No, fuck the Ezra rule things. Here's what I want. Here's what I want. I just hey, want both my one. power codes back, and I want to be able to fuck this up next week if I want to. <laughs> Because oh no, fine, Alex. You can just have played your first power code. You can keep your suspendable bullshit. Right, right. I'm taking my two codes off the table. I would have won this fair and square. Let's this was start. my Nobody yeah. Thinks I mean, that. Hunter and Ezra both agreed it would have been my turn. I am conceding it. I don't to think you that's what they think because this has gone on that for way what too I think, long. That's exactly what they think. No, that's you, not how they. That's a misrepresentation. So whatever. I guess it's your turn. Alex, I wonder what movie you're going to pick next week. Why don't you yeah. tell us? So I still have the suspend a power card? Yes, we've no. gone back. Let's, we've, let's we've, say we've... you, let, how about this? Let's just house rule that you played it the right way, which would have been to play, to first play a card saying, no, to, I'm suspending the rule that other people can play power cards. And then you played the switch, uh, the switcheroo right, card. So smart. I if wish you had done I'd it that way, that. I would have just been like, nope. So I have has no cards days, left, but Anthony has his two fuck cards. And, yeah, and you Anthony's also get what you want. Two fuck cards. And like, don't get, I don't get to work for the prestige because Anthony next week can do whatever. Anthony will, no, this is perfect because that means next week, next week's episode will be fun because we'll have to do all this again. And then whatever we end up at, whether it be Avatar or the prestige, it will be fun because now there's drama. So Anthony will have the ability next week to choose good and pick the prestige and finish the show off with you getting the points and you getting to decide who wins, essentially. And Anthony has the choice to, a second time in the month of December, choose violence yeah. and I, somehow ruin I like this, I like this all. This, this is a good cliffhanger. I have one question. Alex, yeah. how was the nut and dried fruit gift basket? Oh my god, I forgot. I, was gonna open it. That was like, <laughs> I forgot about our final order of business. So is that done? Are we calling that yeah. good? Yeah, I like I this. Think that's good. Well, you never said what movie we're watching. Oh, we're gonna watch. Uh, we're gonna watch Magnolia. What? There we go. It's a movie, it. but a, a good time. Yeah. I mean, there are parts of it that I think are. So, I, have, I have not watched this in a long time, but I did oh. watch this a lot. Um, in high school and college, and uh, I thought it was a very it had, had an effect on me. I think it was a, it was a very good movie. movie this parts. is not a one x watch speed movie for me. No, that's unfortunate. But man, so many interesting things in it. And I will say, the move from Magnolia to the Prestige is through Ricky Jay, who is one of my favorite people of all time. So it would be just the coolest thing if we got to talk about Ricky Jay and the Prestige all at once. 
Yeah. Um, oh, and also the the move from Batman Returns to Magnolia is through uh, Michael Murphy, who played the mayor of Gotham. Okay. Yes. Cool. 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 Yes. Okay. So we're watching Magnolia next week. Um, and in the mean, and then last order of business, um, you guys, this arrived in the mail. So you may recall last week, last week, part of the bullshit after uh, Anthony's heel turn, where he destroyed the game um, and all that is good. Um, as felt guilty and offered to give me an IRL gift basket. It's a it's a box, and it's called Oh. <laughs> nuts it's oh nuts but the oh has an exclamation point after it and then nuts does not so it's oh nuts um which i think is a very fun this, brand name this was part of the reasons why i bought it <laughs> oh it, it seems like like nuts have snuck up on you in some way and you're not like too upset but you're just startled and you're just like yeah. oh nuts. nuts yeah yeah uh, um so this it's also in this bright black and green packaging which is very exciting Unboxing um, videos are better than audio. I think we can all agree. <laughs> um, I'm just, just I'm describing it for the listeners you know, at home. No, I know. As I well know. As, okay, so we have inside these oh nuts are a gift box includes the following sweet decadence: medjool dates, Turkish apricots, salted pistachios, pineapple chunks, California peaches, almonds, plums, pears, papaya, cranberries, dried apple rings, and kiwi slices. Kiwis look from compelling. Kiwi to me. I was curious about those. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is a beautiful, this is a beautiful fruit and nut box that I got. Yeah. And the, I, I feel I think, lucky to have. It. I forgot. The, I don't care about points. So this is real. Well, the Re- gift message is real. Uh, the gift message attached to this was, "Dear Alex, sorry about the point shenanigans. Please enjoy this real life spread of food things from Ezra and probably Hunter and Anthony. Haven't asked them yet. Just gonna assume they're cool with it." <laughs> well, thank you guys that you just found out about. Um, just to give you guys a good look there. It's, it's oh yeah. Nice. Wow, that's amazing. A lot, of, a lot of vibrant color, and the kiwis are dried. Um, it said fresh from the Kiwi Island, but these look pretty dried. Uh, okay, had well, a dried uh, kiwi the Kiwi Island is a, is a nickname for a dehydrator. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm, that's pretty good. All right. I've never had a dehydrated kiwi before. I, well, I, I, was, yeah, I was thinking, like, what can I give you that would be uh, that you would not have to eat all in one day if you didn't yeah, want Yeah, shelf-stable was yeah, a good that's call. What was, that's that's, that's what I like my gifts to be. <laughs> exactly it was very good well um all right well that's it for our show you guys we'll be back next week next week we're gonna be talking about magnolia which is a movie with a lot of people in it about one street in north hollywood um really exciting in the valley not not exactly north hollywood but in the valley and um we're gonna find out how this whole thing ends we're gonna find out who wins whether it's a good person or a bad person yeah who knows whether they deserve it or not and we'll find out how power cards work once and for all thanks for being here uh hunter my buddy yeah, thank you this was fun just a fun pairing here and thanks for being here uh, anthony lopez this is a fun movie to talk about always a lot to say about batman returns yeah <laughs> and uh ezra fox thank you so much for hanging out you stupid corn dog i you know, if anyone gets, uh, you know, gets their feeling hurt next week, there might be another gift basket in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done a gift basket. I did buy Hunter a sandwich one time. You bought um, me a sandwich. Remember this? You won. I think we played Name That Sandwich and you won and I sent you a sandwich in the mail. You what? sent me a sandwich. I don't exactly. remember sandwich this. money to buy a sandwich. No, I sent you a sandwich. I like, I like um, DoorDashed you or whatever, or Uber That'd used to do a sandwich. Wild oh, to yeah. not make that distinction. If you sent someone money and you're like, I sent you a sandwich. <laughs> I sent you a sandwich. You sent me $20. I sent you $21.95, the exact price of a sandwich. You know, I Uber eats you a sandwich. I'm an idiot, and I imagined, like, in the mail. 
<laughs> make me a sandwich and then mailed it to me. That would be very strange. But this yeah. is a, Ezra and College Radio sent people bagels. This is like a classic part of our radio history together. All right, we'll be back next week for the penultimate episode of season five. We'll talk to you guys then. Bye. Bye. Bye.